Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 33. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun, over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your Filler Up book today on CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am very excited today to introduce my special guest, Craig Nelson. Craig, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Craig is a veteran of the United States Navy, and I want to thank you for your service, Craig. You're welcome. After his 20-year career serving our country, he's embarked on a new journey into automotive excellence. After earning an associate's degree in automotive technology and management, Craig enrolled in the Automotive Restoration Program at the prestigious McPherson College in Kansas. McPherson offers the only four-year educational program in automotive restoration, and when Craig graduates, he'll have a Bachelor of Science degree in technology with an automotive restoration emphasis. Craig is spending the summer as an intern at the LeMay America's Car Museum before returning to Kansas this fall to continuous education at McPherson. So, Craig, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you, so if you take some time and share a little bit more about your history, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles, and also touch a little bit on McPherson College to let our listeners know what that university is all about. Well, thanks, Mark, for, uh, for having me on today. This is definitely an honor. McPherson College is a four-year liberal arts college uh, located in the town of McPherson, Kansas. If you look on a map and find Wichita, Kansas, it's about 55 miles north or approximately an hour drive north of Wichita. The town of McPherson's got about 15,000 people. So the college, is, uh, it's a small college, private school, about 650 students enrolled, and of, of that, approximately 20% of the student population is enrolled in the automotive restoration program. McPherson College is definitely connected to the right people in the industry, and that's the number one reason why McPherson College is better than the other automotive education schools out there, such as Wyotech or Universal Technical Institute, and, and that's why I chose it. The school program has uh, multiple degree tracks in the automotive restoration program. There's automotive restoration technology, there's restoration management, restoration history, restoration communications, restoration history, and motorcycle uh, restoration as well. We had antique motorcycle restoration. Wow. So there, there are six tracks total that uh, one can choose to go through, and there's a specific list of requirements to complete those degrees, along with the general ed requirements that uh, any four-year uh, university or college uh, re- uh, requires in order to get that degree. So that that's a brief synopsis of the school. Well, it's so refreshing to have a school like that in the country because so many people go to college thinking, oh, I have to go to college or I should go to college. They get out with a degree that really isn't going to serve them that well. 
And what you're learning at McPherson not only combines your passion for automobiles, but really sets you up for a real career. And your internship at LeMay is a good example of that. What a wonderful opportunity to get to come to a museum, spend time around these cars, around people who know these cars, and take that knowledge back and put hands-on at McPherson. Uh, yes, it is. Um, I, I When I first came to McPherson, I, I, I'll start kind of working my way backwards as far as how I got to this point uh, where I'm at right now. Great. I, I, I had uh, retired from the Navy three years ago, and and after I left the Navy, I knew I was going to get into the car field. I just didn't know exactly how. So one of the things that I've been doing as a hobby for, for years and years, uh, from young adulthood all the way up to the present, is uh, auto sound systems and mobile electronics. So when I uh, got out of the military, I said, uh, you know, let me try this. So I, I drove out to Holly Hill, Florida, outside of Daytona Beach, and I enrolled at uh, what's known as the Installer Institute, which is a 10-week mobile electronics course you know, teaching everything from uh, mobile security to mobile uh, electronics to uh, speaker enclosures and interior fabrication, fiberglass, and so forth. And, and that's what the high-end installers do on, on high-end uh, high installations, uh, higher-end cars. Uh, you know, I mean, really good shops can do really outstanding work and, and have a tremendous sound quality in a vehicle. And, and that's something I've been into for a long time. So I drove out there and uh, got that certificate and finished that program after 10 weeks, and it was wonderful, and Florida's nice. I came back to my hometown in Colorado. I tried looking for work, uh, but things just weren't working out there, and then which led me to, well, let's try something else. So I ended up working at a car dealership for several months, uh, working at a Kia dealership uh, selling vehicles, and that was a extreme eye-opener. I learned a whole lot about customer service, about business, about how the car business runs in general, and the interaction with customers as a salesman to a customer. And I was pretty successful at it in the short time that I was there. Then I ended up going to Wyotech in Laramie, Wyoming, uh, Wyoming Technical Institute, as, as it's known, as it's by its full name. And uh, Laramie, Wyoming is uh, just uh, about, a, about two hours north of Denver, uh, just over the Wyoming state line. Biotech is known for, you see the commercials on TV, uh, on all the cable shows, and Biotech is a great school. Uh, I went there for nine months, got the associate's degree that they offer in management, as well as the automotive core courses that they teach. But while I was there, I ended up finding out about McPherson College by watching Wayne Carini's show on Chasing Classic Cars. And uh, he did an episode two years ago. He came out to the school. Uh, looking for an intern, looking for a new employee, and he brought the camera crew with him. They aired that episode in the fall of 2012, and I saw that show, and I said, wow, this is something that's worth looking into. And I finished my time at WildTech, and I looked into McPherson College and made that decision to go there and finish out my degree and actually get the bachelor's degree. So I entered McPherson College last summer, transferring in as a junior from my previous college experience and previous college credits. So I'm what the, what's known as a non-traditional student at McPherson College. Not I didn't I didn't do the full four years there. I'll just be there for approximately two years. Then I'll be graduating next May. So that, and then that's what, that's kind of what led me up to this point. And a few months ago, um, I was uh, called up, and the school said, "How would you like to be an intern at the Lemay Museum in Tacoma, Washington?" I called back the next morning. I said, "You bet," because it was something that I knew that would open some doors. The, the Lemay Museum has an incredible collection. They're, incredi they're connected to incredible people all over the industry, and, and that's exactly the opportunity I was looking for. That's why I'm here right now. 
Perfect. Well, it sounds like a wonderful combination of experiences and schools and learning that will lead you on a wonderful path where you can take all of these skills and combine them in some way to, to create your career in the automotive field. So that's spectacular. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote, a saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Craig, take the wheel. One of the uh, quotes that I have learned in, in recent years, especially in the car business, is it's better to be a chef and not a cook. <laughs> and 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 what that base what that essentially means is don't just do the job don't just do it to get it done and then move on to the next job um, and and this is this is in life or in the car business anything that you do uh, in in your daily life or in your professional life the idea is to do it and do it well do it with some creativity do it with some flair do it uh, and create a product that's better than what's expected. At whatever level it is, if it's for uh, you know, even if it's at a regular dealership, working in the regular mainstream automotive market, um, you know, don't just do the work and then collect the money and then move on to the next uh, project. You know, deal with the customer, interact with the customer, you know, teach the customer, show them what's going on, and and, and try to offer some insights so that person, the owner, feels good about what had happened uh, with their vehicle. And in the restoration business, uh, in the classic car business, that's extremely important because customers in this business are extremely demanding because it's their vehicle. And when you're talking a vehicle worth potentially millions of dollars, it has to be perfect. And you can't just do the job. You have to do it perfectly. And that's what being a chef is all about. That's wonderful. And it sounds like you've figured out how to incorporate that into your life and your future business as well. In our pre-show chat, you said you had two success quotes for me. Uh, yes, I did. And my other, uh, and I, I live by this uh, just about every day. And, and that is to, uh, you got to know when it's time to go with the flow, and then you got to know when it's time to be the bend in the river. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's knowing, you know, which situation applies that uh, it's going to help determine how you're going to react in a particular business situation or in the car business or just at home with your family. You know, because it's a give-and-take situation. It's a two-way situation with uh, everybody that you deal with, uh, whether it's your boss, whether it's a customer, somebody under you. I I learn as as well as lead from people above and below me or all around me. It's a fluid situation. Uh, There are times, though, if you've got something to say, you say it, and you you offer your advice, you offer your solutions, and and don't be afraid to hear no from somebody. And then if if they tell you no, then you move on until... The next opportunity comes along to make a difference, to to be that change in in the river, to be that bend in the river. And that's something I learned while I was in the military, and and I think in business and in the private sector, it's no different than than my experience in the military. I think you're right. I think it's going to serve you really well, especially working around old vehicles, because there are many bends in the river that come along when you're starting to... (laughs) take an old car apart and start to realize the idiosyncrasies of those vehicles and things you thought were done one way and maybe weren't done another. I remember talking to a gentleman who was restoring an old Ferrari and he said, do you realize the left side of the car is an inch longer than the right? There must have been two people working on each side of this car when they hand built it and one went a little further than the other one. So imagine what do you do then? Those are great, great quotes and I think they're going to serve you really well. Will you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? As I was a young kid, 
I, I didn't have that pedigree. Some people have that pedigree where somebody in their family, somebody uh, that they know had a cool car, they worked in the business, they worked in the shop, you know, something to that effect. I didn't have that pedigree. I, I just was a kid who didn't know anything about cars. And even as a young adult, I didn't really know much about cars at all. However, watching my dad, I think it's what spurred me to want to work on a car. And watching my dad changing oil, doing brakes, things like that, I think is kind of where that started. I didn't really have much of a desire for cars when I was much younger. Uh, however, my first, uh, the first time I started to get interested, I think, was when I started uh, learning and, and when you when you when you would hear stereo systems and and these old and these you know when I was in high school these kids would you know pull up in their you know in their car and they'd have the bass booming that kind of thing and I always thought that was neat and I said well when I get a car I'm going to put a big stereo system in so when I got to that point I, I put a stereo system in and I you start to learn how a car operates and you know where the fuse box is and and how to run a electrical cable and one thing leads to another and, and that's kind of how I progressed as I started getting older. My first car was a 1984 Renault Encore. Oh wow! Which which was my when I graduated high school, and uh, that was just a car that I, you know, just I mean, got got around in. It was nothing special. It was just a commuter car. Or I put a stereo system in that car, and then uh, three months later it got stolen because oh, no. I didn't put <laughs> the alarm put the system. system incorrectly. <laughs> well, I had an alarm system in there too, and they 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 disabled it. So that taught me that well, next time I'm going to do it better. So that's kind of one one of my uh, points where I was migrating towards where I am now. And, and as time progressed, uh, I had I had one other car after the Renault, which was a Ford Escort, and I I, I discovered that you can upgrade a vehicle with uh, the, the best wheels and tires that came from the highest trim level of that same car. So I put the Ford Escort GT wheels on the standard Ford Escort. I you know, made it look like a Ford Escort GT. And, and when you're 20 years old, I mean, you know, that's you, that's the cool thing to do. Sure. And, um, well, I had that car for a little bit. The head gasket blew. I ended up selling it. So I finally got to my very first car, brand new car, which was a 1995 Honda Civic, which I owned up until three years ago. And it was that car that really opened me up to the automotive enthusiast realm and that's where in the late 90s the whole sport compact market really was booming with the aftermarket upgrades with uh, the engine swaps the whole import tuner Japanese car movement uh, of, of the late 1990s into about up till about uh, 2000 2001 is really when it peaked and, and to this day it's still alive well but it's a little bit different now than, than it used to be but that's the car that I learned on that's where I started that's where I understood how engines worked electrical performance upgrades and it got to the point where I ended up taking that car, rebuilding the whole thing from 2005 to 2009. It was a four-year project where I got, it was featured in a magazine, in Honda Tuning Magazine from October 2009 and uh, wow. I went to a bunch of shows uh, went to a bunch of import car shows uh, up and down the West Coast, uh, won some awards. It was my dream to have the best possible car that I can produce and, and nothing, and something that wasn't going to be mainstream either. Something that was going to be something that I wanted, not what everybody else wanted. So I kind of went a lot against the grain with uh, a lot of people in the haunted community with that car. However, they were just, they really weren't in the industry. These are just people who own Hondas themselves and they thought they knew better as to how a Honda should look or what kind of things the car should have on it. And in the world of customization, there are no rules. You do what you think is best for you. And, and that's, that's what I did with this particular car. Although I followed an, an OEM theme with that vehicle, I had things on that car that Honda possibly could have done 
with that same car if they were building it back in the 90s and they had, you know, they wanted to build the ultimate Honda Civic. Yeah. Um, so it didn't have a lot of the, the stereotypical things that you normally see with a modified Honda. And I tried to build it to the highest possible quality, to a high standard, and, and I tried to be a chef and not a cook with that car. So hands-on training is uh, really what spirited this enthusiasm for automobiles. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, pr- primarily. And the other things that really inspired me was... Uh, was watching the show Overhaul, and even though I wasn't into the uh, the hot rod and, and 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 the muscle car genre necessarily, that's still you still a lot of the procedures are still the same. And watching that show when that came on ten years ago, and even up to the present, when I watch the reruns, you always learn something new. And that's what I loved about that show is they all had great attitudes, they uh, they worked well together, and and they did the job wonderfully. They they were chefs and not cooks with that with those cars. I. I um, the seven-day build thing, I understand that sometimes that doesn't necessarily always happen, but uh, but either way, the result was excellent, and, and the cars were spectacular, and that that's what was an inspiration for me. So, Craig, what I want to do now is take a look at the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty and have you share a huge challenge or maybe even a great failure that you faced and something that you really had to push past, but more importantly, how you overcame that situation. Uh, I think one of the uh, key points happened when I was when I was working on the Honda. I was wanting to swap in an engine from an Acura Integra, which was a very popular engine swap, and you know bolts directly in, no problem. And and if I would have just bolted it in and, and put it in and called it a day, I would have been fine. However, I wanted to get it redone so that way I can possibly throw some power at it my cho- of my choosing, such as a turbo or a supercharger. So I knew I needed uh, upgraded internals. And I took the engine to a engine builder in San Diego who I thought was reputable. <laughs> I got the engine back. I put the engine together. I put it in the car, and I ran the car, drove it for about 1,000 miles to find out that I was burning oil. Hmm. And I, did, I knew that I, the engine needed to come out. There's no way to fix whatever needed fixing with the, with the internals, which I didn't know much about engines at the time. So I took the engine out. I took the engine apart to find that the uh, piston rings weren't gapped which is very important because since they expand and they take up this, you know, take up the gap to, to create a good seal when it's it, when the engine's warm, sure. <laughs> then, then that, you, you need a gap piston ring. However, he didn't gap them. So when the ends came together, it caused the piston rings to distort. And one was actually broken when I took the pistons out. Mm. And, uh, and that was, it was uh, a setback and it was, uh, you know, it was something I, I, I then learned that I need to uh, find the right engine builder. I can't just go to anybody because not everybody knows what to do or not everybody's competent to know what to do with every single engine out there. And so I found an engine builder to overcome that. I found an engine builder. I had to drive a couple hours to find him. He was well-known in the Honda community for building uh, for building race engines as well as a, a lot of very nice street engines. And uh, I found him. He, uh, built, he uh, fixed the problems, and I put the engine back in, and... And, but it was a, it was a setback. It took me that was about a two month delay in, in trying to get the car put back together once I was uh, finishing up and, and getting ready to start going to shows and and, uh, and and traveling with the car. Sure, very frustrating. Craig, let's shift gears here and go to the whole other end of the spectrum. And I'd like you to share a story when you had a real aha moment about setting your career path for the automotive industry. Perhaps a time when you realized that. Ah, I figured it out. This is the path I want to take. 
Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a foreseeable success in the future. Well, I think that happened when uh, I was invited for the photo shoot for the magazine. Uh, Honda Tuning Magazine is the enthusiast magazine for those in the Honda community. And then there's other import car magazines as well. I, I went to a, a regional meet in uh, Southern California when I was living in San Diego at the time. And I drove the car there, and uh, they approached me, and they said, how would you like to do a photo shoot? And I said, you bet. And I went uh, three months later was the photo shoot, and then the magazine came out uh, six months after that. And it was at that period where I knew that my military career was coming to a close, and I knew that this is the route that was, this is probably going to be my future. And knowing that I'm starting to have some success with the work that I'm doing and driving the car and showing the car and getting featured, I think that was the turning point that got me to where I am right at this moment. Oh, sure. And the lesson that teaches everybody out there is getting involved in the community in which you're passionate about and meeting people, creating relationships with people so that those moments when an opportunity pops up like this photo shoot happen, you can grab that, seize it, and take off with it. So that's great. Absolutely. We talked about your first car already. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car that you've had in the past that you really wish you still owned? Well, uh, the Honda. Um, I I don't necessarily regret selling it. Uh, I, I ended up selling it three years ago. Uh, and the only reason why is because I knew I needed to expand and, and, and get into other areas of, automo- of the automotive uh, business, into the classic car community especially. And that's, when, that's about when I started watching, uh, you know, chasing classic cars, and I started reading some of the restoration magazines and Hemmings. And, and I said, well, this is, this is a route that I think is a little bit more appropriate for somebody that's getting a little bit older. And, and Hondas were just a, a waypoint for me, not... That's not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so selling the car from that perspective was the right thing to do. However, I still miss it. I think <laughs> I think about all the time. And, but in order for me to sell it, though, I ended up having to take it all apart and sell off all the pieces because, you know, Hondas are just not worth a whole lot of money, unlike uh, Versus and Pieces, or and they're not really a collector car either. They're they're a car that you, you, you learn on and you kind of move away from at some point. And you know, not, not, you know, not saying that it wasn't fun. It was extremely fun, but uh, I'm at that point now where it's time to move on into, into, into better classic cars, into better driving cars to, uh, and, and so from that standpoint, it wasn't remorse, but I do miss it. What is the current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? At the moment, I don't have a specific project. However, I have one coming up fall when I return to school for the uh, fall semester, and that's going to be my senior project. Uh, I'm going to be working on uh, a couple of straight-eight engines from a 30 or a 31 Pierce Zero. Uh, what the school's doing is they have these two cars, uh, a chassis and a frame. Each car by themselves, you really can't do much with them, but you can do something with the chassis, you can do something with the other, with the other car, with the other body, and we're going to merge the two together. And that's going to include also um, uh, creating one engine out of three that are currently there at the moment. So my senior project is going to, is going to be going through all those engines, taking them apart, documenting uh, how the current state of the engine is, measuring everything, documenting, taking pictures, getting it ready to start putting back together and machining and rebuilding uh, at some point after I leave school. So there, there's going to be that's going to be my foray into really. Uh, you know, into a car that's, uh, what, 80, 83 years old now. And that's something I'm really looking forward to. 
Wow. So from Hondas and Acura Motors to Pierce <laughs> Arrow Straits, holy cow, that is going to be yes. a lot of fun. Awesome. And then that's going, to be, that's going to be the learning experience that uh, really, uh, you know, gets me to understand uh, older technology. And that, that's what I really like about my first in college is learning the older technology, learning points and ignitions, uh, points ignition systems and distributors and, and carburetors, which, uh, you know, it's just not taught anymore. It's a lost art. That's the thing that, my, that McPherson College really shines in is, uh, is old technology. Fantastic. If you were a car, Craig, what kind of car would you be and why? I believe uh, I would be a Restomod. And, and, and the reason being is because I do love older or I do love modern technology as well as older technology. I, I like originality. I like original looks, but with a modern power plant and, and a modern uh, brake system and a modern suspension underneath. And and if done correctly, I think a Restomod really is, is an outstanding type of vehicle, and, and it could be a collector vehicle at some point. You know, I, I do like fuel injection. If, if I had a if I had a say a, a '67 or '68 Mustang, and if it wasn't a real special type of vehicle or a specially coded vehicle with a special VIN number, then that's something I would consider doing a restaurant to. And I would I'd actually you know, put a, like a 2014 Mustang engine in and uh, some of the uh, modern suspension underpinnings and make it drive like a 2014 car with the 67 looks. And I think that's something that, you know, kind of uh, reflects my attitude about cars in general is, you know, I, I like a little bit of everything and I'm not stuck on any one particular make or model or genre of cars. And that McPherson College really has opened me up, though, to the older cars, as well as, at heart, I'm still into new technology. And I, I think there's a place for both of those in one setting. Sure. Well, that's why I put that question in there. It always uh, brings up some very interesting answers and, more importantly, the the reasons why. So, uh, great answer. That's wonderful. So, Craig, this is one of my favorite parts of our talk. I call it the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? Ready. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, uh, again, I think uh, that would be the uh, my first original quote, which is uh, to be a chef and not a cook. That was an anonymous quote given to me on uh, one of the uh, internet forums that uh, I, I routinely go on to. Although the person was kind of nasty about how they said it, but it, it rung us, it rung the court. And this was several years ago when I read this, and and I think that's kind of what keeps me going, and what kind of you know one of the reasons why I am at this point in you know at McPherson College and here at the museum is you know do it well and, and do it with flair and do it with creativity and originality. Wonderful. So that, that that that's that's what that, I think that's the best advice I've received so far. Great. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes? to your success? I believe having patience and having a cool head is extremely important. It is so easy to get frustrated uh, in, in multiple settings, in business or working on a car, at home. You have to have patience and a cool head uh, as much as humanly possible, which, you know, it's, it's not always possible. Sometimes you will get upset and you will, you know, you will say things you wish you wouldn't have said. But, uh, the more you do it, the better, because uh, people notice that and, and people respond differently and may you know take you differently than if you if you didn't have patience in a cool head. And when you're working on a classic car, you really have to have patience in a cool head as well, especially if the car is really valuable, because you can't get frustrated and and you have to you know, have 
uh, hand-eye coordination. And then if you're frustrated and, and, and getting upset about something, then you tend to make mistakes. And that's the last thing you want to do in a classic car business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoy? Maybe it's a website, forum, or supplier. Uh, that would be uh, uh, McPherson College. It's uh, www.mcpherson.edu forward slash auto restoration, all scrunched together in one word. It's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, searchable on, on all the search engines. Okay. Craig, is there a book you've recently read that you really enjoy that you could share with us? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, in my English class, we, we, took, we read a book called The Glass Castle. The author is Jeanette Walls. She is a uh, currently a uh, journalist and a columnist. Uh, she was with MSNBC, and she's also written for multiple New York newspapers. She wrote this book about in 2005, and it detailed how her life was uh, growing up homeless. Uh, her parents were uh, didn't have money. They moved from house to house and didn't stay in those houses long, were often homeless, often didn't have money. However, she persevered, and she went through a lot of things in her life to the point where she finally made her way into college and she made her way into her career. And, and I think that's a metaphor for a lot of people. You know, they overcome adversity and, and you do what's best for you and you get to the point where you feel is best for you. Uh, you follow your dreams and you follow your, your own example, not necessarily those of, of others because not everybody necessarily is the best example. Sometimes you have to follow your own journey, follow your own heart. And I think that's what this book was about despite all the adverse conditions that she dealt with while she was growing up. And if you look it up, you can find out all the information on the book. It's very inspiring. I'll bet. It sounds like it. Listeners, you can find links to all these resources that Craig has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Craig Nelson, or you can just put Craig Nelson in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with links to all these resources. And now it's time for the checkered flag. So Craig, this last question is always a challenge. I like to call it a real doozy, which you'll relate to since you're working around some wonderful cars there at LeMay, including the Duesenberg they have. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be? And more importantly, why did you choose it? I believe that car would be the uh, 54 to 57 300 SL Mercedes Gullwing. Yeah, and the reason being is because uh, it is regarded as, if not the most iconic car, it is in the top five of iconic classic cars uh, ever produced in the 20th century. The car is highly sought after. It's highly elegant. It's a car that, you know, that's something that can be passed from generation to generation. You know, and over a period of the next 100 to 200 years, that's something that, you know, could easily stay in my family if I had one. And that's what I would want to do is pass it down from, you know, to my son, my daughter, or uh, nephews and nieces. It should stay in the family. Number two, uh, the modern technology that we often take for granted in today's cars, that was pretty much pioneered with that particular car, you know, with the direct mechanical fuel injection, with four-wheel independent suspension. Uh, the power-to-weight ratio was something that was unheard of for, for a car from the 1950s. And I think that was the precursor to a lot of how cars have been built now for about the past uh, 20 or 30 years, especially. And so it, I think it's the, it's, the, it's, the, um, it's the godfather, so to speak, of, of a lot of the modern technology of today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it, it's just such a beautiful car. And the thing I like about Mercedes, too, is I like how 
everything is standardized and you can still get parts for, for Boeing directly from Mercedes. Uh, there's no there's no shortage of parts necessarily. So doing a restoration on one is, is not terribly difficult to do, unlike other cars where you have to recreate stuff from scratch. Yeah. Well, that is a beautiful car. So excellent choice. What a spectacular vehicle that is. I hope someday you find one of those in your garage. I hope so too. Well, Craig, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us. You're just beginning a new part of a journey in your life, so that's spectacular, something really unique here on Cars, yeah, and I appreciate you being here. If you could give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that gull wing of yours, and let our listeners know what's the best way for them to find you at McPherson, and then we'll say goodbye. My email address is N-E-L-S. C-R-A at bulldog.mcpherson.edu. My uh, cell phone number, anybody can call me or text me if they want more information about the school or about uh, some of the things that they heard on the show today, is 619-944-8971. That's uh, my cell phone, and uh, anybody can call or text me. I believe that is uh, always be yourself. Um, always, uh, you know, just speak confidently. Uh, do do. Do what's right versus what's convenient. Never, ever be dishonest. Uh, there's too much of that in this world, uh, in business or in family or, you know, or in life in general. And, and I think if you're, if you're honest with yourself and if you're, if you're true to yourself and you just be yourself, um, and do what's best for you, uh, I think that's the, I think that's the best thing that anybody can do and, and let the chips fall where they may. Um, if somebody, if somebody, uh, treat you differently because of it, then then that's their that's their problem. It's it's not your problem. Well, very wise advice. Thank you for sharing that. I want to remind our listeners that you can find links to everything that we've shared here today on carsyad.com slash Craig Nelson. And I want to thank you, Craig, for being so generous with your time and your expertise and sharing your life and experiences with us. I want to wish you the best success. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. You too. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.